You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately, and I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Welcome to OKSIS. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy as we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, Ready, sisters? Welcome back, sisters. My name is Maddie. I am Scout. And welcome to the OK Sis podcast. We are real sisters behind this podcast. I know. We are. We actually share blood. Oi. Oi, oi, oi. It's true. It's right. How did that happen? Okay. I'm going to tell you something. So Hanukkah is coming up. Oh, and let me, what's your list? No, no, no. I have a Hanukkah present for you. You do? Yeah. Did you even look at my Hanukkah present My heart you? is beating because I'm going to tell it to you right okay, now. Okay, you didn't give a fuck about the present I gave you. Did you read my note? No, he just, let me make this about me for a second. Okay, fine, go. Because you're going to literally shit yourself. And oh I've been God. so excited to say this on the podcast. I'm really scared. Behind your back. Behind my back? I, no. Oh, <laughs> I thought it. there was a present behind <laughs> my back. <laughs> <laughs> behind your back, I read... A Murakami book. Oh my god, you did not. What? Which one did you? Why did you do it behind my back? Because I wanted to share it on the podcast. Wait, which one did you do? I read Sputnik Sweetheart. Literally the only one I haven't read, dude. Oh, Are you fucking kidding me? One. Are you fucking kidding me? That is not a good Hanukkah present. It's what? over. I haven't even read that book oh yet. It doesn't matter. The present is that I read a Murakami book. Okay, thank you for your present. Oh my god, this is okay. No, I'm very happy. And what are your thoughts? Tell me everything. Incredible. He, is he not the most poetic, romantic, mysterious, alluring, sure, amazing yes. human it. being you've Loved ever it. read? My only qualm, my only qualm, okay, is that I can't get past it being translation. I don't know what it I is. Know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just like, this is not his actual words. What does it mean in... Japanese. 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 Like what what did this sound different in See, Japanese? But this is what I say to myself. It sounds so goddamn good in English that he must be a master of language mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Because to translate, to have it be translated that exquisitely is just beyond. And I don't know, does he do his own translations? Oh, I don't I don't know. We should look into that because he might do his own translations oh. because that would be really divine. Anyways, um, yes, beautiful. Um, I ne- will now Read more. Read more. Do do one Q eighty four. It's Just, too long, okay. but that is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The reason I did Sputnik Sweetheart, it was a good uh, intro. Mm-hmm. It was a good. You should thing do Norwegian Wood. Okay, it's a short one. Yeah. So this was, I mean, lyrical, beautiful, amazing story. Th- has like a thriller aspect, definitely romance. Um, it has I, like a fantastical aspect. Yeah, to it too. I can. I can definitely see why you 
have been infatuated with him. I'm infatuated with yes. him. Yes. Um, oh I'm so happy you've actually read a more. It took a year, but you read a more comic book. Okay, that was the reaction I was looking for. I'm just. I was just bummed that you read one that I didn't know, so we couldn't have like an in-depth discussion okay, on the situation. Think, no, but I think my more so um, goal with this was just so you that I just read one. That's amazing. Oh I my know. god. Oh my god. And now you understand. Now I understand. Now I understand why you're wet for Murakami. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. That, okay, now I just want to go home and watch, read a Murakami book. Yes. It was a very cozy experience. I've also, for the past year, have been only reading female authors because of my book club. Mm. So this is actually one of the first male voices and authors that I've read in a very long time, which is which is really interesting. And it, and it actually, I mean, the, the story is told from the voice. Actually, no, the story is told from a voice, a male voice. Um, but the the main character is a woman. Um but it was a, it was a, I felt a little dis, uh, distinction. Oh my God. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's really interesting. I was actually thinking about this the other week is that I was thinking about my favorite writers and my favorite poets and they're all male. I am not well-versed except um, in uh, Joan Didion. Mm. Really, I'm not well-versed in female writers, which is very peculiar for me. Yeah. I've been like inundated in the, the female authorship this past year for yeah. sure. I mean, I love Donna Tartt. She's amazing. Oh, have you have you read The Secret History? Yeah, it's amazing. Unreal. Unreal. I don't I didn't like The Goldfinch, so I couldn't finish I it. I didn't I didn't start it just because I feel like I, it's a commitment and I and I haven't been ready for it yet, but um I really want to read Infinite Jest. Oh my god, I lit- Okay, so I was just going to say, can we be really annoying? We've said this on the podcast before where we were like, "Okay, we're going to hold each other accountable and read together." Together. Okay. And then just like Let's start keep- in January because I'm I have a book club and with we're my family be, and in- we're going to be very annoying about it. Just so yes. everyone knows. Yes. When someone says, oh, I've read Infinite Jest, it's like you want to sock them in the face. Or you want to be them. Oh, yeah. It's just because of jealousy, of course. Because yeah. no one has that uh, stamina, that yeah. reader stamina. No, I read 150 pages. It's definitely one that you really need to pay attention to and underline and take notes and have well, discussion also, around. So um, one of my colleagues has read it and he was, and he was saying the, a whole experience of it is there's a lot of footnotes. So you're essentially going back and forth and back and forth. So even reading one page, you could be reading 20 pages of footnotes in a very smaller font. So it's not really like one-to-one page correlation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. We're yeah. going to dive into it and we'll, we'll hold ourselves accountable and recount our uh, journey Okay, on the pod. Sounds good. Because we're bibliophiles. We are bibliophiles. Yes. All right. It's another season. It's a, well, it's winter. It's fucking winter. It's Hanukkah. It is Christmas, and you guys know what we're loving this season. Fab, fit, fun. We're fab. We're fit. We're fun. And guys, this new winter box. That Frank's body scrub. The Frank's body scrub. So I have been a big fan of Frank's body for a long time. Explain what Fab Fit Fun is first before you get into Frank. Oh, so I mean, Fab Fit Fun is a seasonal subscription subscription box. box, and it comes with full size products not they do, sample they size they don't they don't want to they don't want to disrespect you with sample sizes that's not what they're about they give you full size products um usually the whole box is an over $200 retail value but you get it for 49.99 and with our code of OKSIS you get it for 39.99 i mean 39.99 for over $200 worth of product is a no fucking brainer it's like we're kind of concerned for their business plan like how are they able to do I, this i'm not sure anyways but it's also more than a box they do have a membership so um you can get like multiple content streams from them. They have like a Fat Fit Fun TV with additional content from all these amazing influencers and content creators. Um, they also have sales. Yes. Specific sales if you're a member. And um, it's just a really great way to discover products. I mean, it's the holidays. It's a good good gift, first of all. Because, it is a really good gift. Yeah, because you're great. giving someone for $39.99 all these products and they're going to be like, how did I get so lucky to have you as a friend? Oh, a great point. You know, I love they're like, it. oh my God, you gave me two. And you can say this was $200. Like be, <laughs> be, be, be appreciative of what I bought you. Okay. Um, so what other things did you like in it? We got some fluffy slipper, slippers. Oh, I've been wearing those around my house all day. And I've actually, they gave us this little purse and I've been looking for the right purse to put all my essential oils in. Oh, Bam, perfect. found it in the FabFitFun Also, box. it's customizable. So you don't have to be like a slave to the products that they give you. You can say, okay, I want it more catered towards wellness or beauty or this or that, depending on your lifestyle. And they will put the products in that match your personality and what yeah. you're looking for. Also, something that we love is they support female founded companies and charities. So every season they partner with a different 
different charities. So this winter, they're partnering with Women's Alzheimer's Movement, which is incredible and something just like to feel good about where, where you're your putting your going. where you're putting yeah. your dollars. So you can go to fatfitfun.com and use promo code OKSIS for $10 off your first box, which would make it $39.99. Or you can just go to our show notes and click on Yeah, if you're lazy, link. you can go to the show notes and click yeah. on a link and it takes you directly there. Yeah. Again, that's fatfitfun.com with promo code OKSIS. Okay, okay, that's O-K-A-Y-S-I-S, but you know that because you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, I but hope, just in case. I hope you I hope you know that. Um, okay, so right, a few things. We, oh, wait, a few sorry. things. I always we forget are, the housekeeping. I know. We are now linking all of our current fixations in the show notes. So if you guys are super obsessed with one of the things we, we talk about, you want to try it, just go to the show notes. It'll direct you, you know, to Amazon or whatever website it is being sold on. And you can also follow our secret Facebook group, OK Sisters, with the T-E-R-S in parentheses. And let me tell you, sometimes I get drunk and go on there. It's popping over And there. cause a mockery of myself. So if you want to get in on that or see a picture of my underboob, uh, you know where to go. Yeah. But girls only. Let's yeah, be real. Yeah, girls only. We will reject you if you are a male. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we love do you, discriminate but I'm sorry. In that way, we but... do discriminate in that way. Um, anyways, our guest today. I, I just, I don't even know what to say. I feel... I feel like serene. I want to like sit uplifted. Yeah. I, I want to sit like in a cabin with some tea and read. Oh, I kind of want to be on the countryside of Italy with a glass of wine reading. There, I mean, she knows no bounds. But reading, We're talking is, reading about, is Yeah, the reading is, is, the, is the constant in both of those mm-hmm, scenarios. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Olivia Perez. Like just... An influencer beyond the influence. She is, Does that make sense? She is so <laughs> articulate in the way that she forms her thoughts and opinions. And she's so she has an observation that is very definitive and unique. Mm-hmm. And she really feels the need to express that definitive opinion, but also to hear other people's. And, and it's just like her brain yeah. is fascinating. She's very intentional with everything she posts, which is something that I admire. And the reason that I've um, held on to her Instagram and, and following her as long as I have. But we talked about this. In, in the episode like she I'm influenced by her mind I'm influenced mm. by the way like influence doesn't just have to be this visual aspect or materialism it can be sharing a podcast it can be sharing a book kind of like what we do here and that can be a good influence and that can be a way to extend influence that doesn't have to be so um not substantive mm-hmm. right yeah. yeah it was a really beautiful interview I left she's feeling... so poised yeah oh, left... she came in here looking stellar damn yeah. girl I really thought I looked cute today I know and as she walked in we were just like oh. I was like I'm wearing leather jeans pants today from a Vecla fee yeah, they're cute she's, but mm-hmm. she's incredible so if you just if you want to um you know follow a very intentional I think um this is a brain food episode be, yeah well, I was just gonna say if you want to follow her. Like, oh, but yeah, definitely follow her. Yeah, her, follow her yeah. mm-hmm. um, anyways, but enjoy this episode and we love you, sisters. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about whimsy and row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. 
Okay, sisters, let's talk about hair shedding. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? Hi, I've been there. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many root causes at play, and Nutrafol addresses them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. Ugh, thinning hair just isn't the vibe. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding. Amen. Everyone's root causes of hair thinning are different, so a one-size-fits-all approach to hair growth just doesn't cut it. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow through different stages, such as postpartum, like me. After I gave birth, I noticed that around the crown of my head, my hair was shedding. I've been taking Nutrafol for almost three months at this point, and I am not kidding you when my husband, my friends, my family have been commenting on how long, strong, and healthy my hair has been looking lately. I mean, sisters, if you've been watching OK Sister on YouTube, you've seen my hair. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. I mean, 86% is a lot of women. Take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code OKSIS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code OKSIS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code OKSIS. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Olivia Perez is a journalist, businesswoman, and entrepreneur in New York City. She's the founder and host of the Friend of a Friend podcast, a monthly talk show that deep dives into the next generation of luminaries. She's interviewed interviewed talent like Bella Hadid, Hannah Bronfman, Jen Rubio, and moderated panels for businesses like Shopify, Bumble, WWD, The Wing, and more. Perez is also contributing writer to Forbes.com and has written for Harper's Bazaar, Teen Vogue, and Huffington Post. A graduate of New York University's Gallatin program, Olivia has made her mark as an editorial and cultural 
archaeologist, digging up the best of the unknown to encourage her followers to push past their comfort zones and create their own trends. She's partnered with brands like Chanel, Kith, Tory Burch, Michael Kors, Nike, Calvin Klein, and as a brand ambassador for Outdoor Voices and Coach. In 2018, Perez co-founded System of Service, a community that provides accessible and engaging service opportunities for all that strive to create impactful service experiences beyond the dollar. Without further ado, live. That was a mouthful. I'm that so was sorry. a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, girl. That, I'm I, so was like, sorry. Wow. I was like, wow. Am I'm... I going to get through this? Because your accomplishments just keep going on and on. Thank you. I should probably edit that down. I don't know. No, no, no. Keep it long. Keep it long. Oh my God. So, um, I think I'm fangirling over here because I've actually been following you for a long time, even though we're the same major. I'm a huge admirer of yours. Thank you. That's so sweet. I know. It's always a really friends. weird thing to hear, honestly. Really? Oh my God. No, it's like, it's a huge compliment and I appreciate it because I do think that they're like literally millions of people you could follow. So I yeah. always appreciate it when someone has been a follower for a while. Yeah. Um, I have a question about the shirt that you're wearing. So it has this like under boob wire situation and I've yep. always been really <laughs> intrigued by that, but I have big boobs and I just don't know if it'll work on me. I think it will. You think it will? What brand yeah. is it? It's Orson Iris. It's one of my favorite brands Ooh. in New York. Um, I wrote about them for Forbes a little while ago as like a emerging brand to watch. Um, and they always just have like the coolest designs. Um, the founder, her name's Lana. She is super creative. Um, and I think this would fit anybody. Like I've seen it done on so many different people. Also, I'm the biggest believer that like it it works if you want it to. Yeah. yeah like wear sense. whatever you want. Yeah. It, it genuinely will work if you have the confidence to wear it. Because I've always loved that, but I'm always like, is that going to work for me? It'll work for you. You think? You just got to like hold it up, you know? Yeah. I mean, my just boobs like, are perky. We can, we can work it. We can work <laughs> it out. I think exactly. Like, it's only like the strap part. You might have to adjust a little bit. Yeah. But you know, okay, cool. we love a good like nip tuck on clothing. Exactly. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Send everything to the tailor. I love it. Okay. Let's do a round of current fixations. Okay. So I am super fixated on this book called The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. It's a daily meditation practice. So you read a page a day essentially. And then there's a lot of room on the pages. So I journal my thoughts underneath it, or I create a prompt that goes with the daily meditation. And every single month, it's basically about stoicism and the stoic philosophy and stuff like that and every single can you month, give us a little yeah. blurb about stoicism Ye what is it it's it's basically looking at life in a more so I'm very emotional so it's a really good reminder so it's basically looking at life in a little bit more of a rational way really getting in check your emotions based upon surrounding events and people and stuff that's going on in your life whether it's toxic or whatever it is so I I mean I'm just learning about it so I you know I just finished November, which was all about acceptance. Mm. So we learned a lot about um, believing in a higher power, accepting responsibility for your reactions to people, um, not having attachments to things or people in your life because they may come and go, stuff like that. So it just kind of keeps you really grounded and it makes you think, you know, instead of getting emotional about something and worked up about something, it makes you take a step back and really look at the big picture. And it's just a nice, It's an, it has a lot of AA principles in it. Um, which my husband's sober, so I know all about the 12-step stuff. And it has a lot of that philosophy also tied into it as well. Hmm. Um, so it's been kind of a progression of my mental health journey. And it's just kind of a really nice reminder every day. And it's also a really good way to reflect and meditate about something in your life that's going on or a new way you can approach life or how to live your... Like this month is all about mortality. So it's actually about using the fact that we are, sorry, going to die one day as motivation <laughs> to fuel every single day to make sure that you're living up to your highest potential. Ooh, I love this. It's really good. And, and I'm a shitty person after hearing that. I know. <laughs> We're all like, uh, what? Mortality and acceptance. But I know it's um, kind of that December is a little dark, but, yeah. it, but they do it in a very inspiring, uplifting. They're not like screaming at you, you're going to die. They're just sure. like, what, how can we reframe today to really make sure all the important things in your life are included. And you discovered this philosophy from the Skinny Confidential, the right? Skinny Confidential. So yeah. Michael she is like a does it. Daily Stoic fan. Yeah. And I bought um, another one of Ryan Holiday's book, the, the Obstacle is the Way. And that really spoke to me. So then I got the Daily Stoic and I got it for my team at my office and we all do it together. Cool. Oh, how charming. Thanks. How endearing. Thank you. Okay. So mine is also kind of like heartwarming like that. So 
There is this online destination called The Good Trade. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but they have a newsletter called The Daily Good. And it is simply one of my favorite corners of the internet. You're a newsletter queen. I love newsletters. There's also a lot of money in newsletters. Right? <laughs> I'm just like, I'm always very Blown away. in like micro businesses like that. I mean, not to say that like email isn't a big business, but like- right. I know so many companies that have just like a blooming newsletter business. It's just when it's a good newsletter and it pops up in your in your inbox, it's, it's uh, you're just excited to read it. Yeah. It's something just more that's just it starts your day like the skim. I religiously read, you know, it's just it feels great. And you also subscribe to it. You voluntarily wanted it to come to you. But anyway, so the co-founder, Amy and Kat. Hadwell, sorry, I'm reading her name. So she writes a thought of hers in the very beginning. So yesterday's was really beautiful. I'm going to read it. She said, grace, gratitude, inspiration, self-compassion. May your week be filled with the qualities that nourish your soul and sustain your creativity. Oh, so I just like, it's just such a gentle reminder every morning just to slow down again, to reflect kind of piggybacking off of the daily stoic and you discover new people products she lists podcasts or ted talks that are very inspiring all women and uh women focused and it's just so intentional and it's dedicated to social good and i love it i'm gonna sign up yay everyone go subscribe and then we're 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 uh doing a newsletter in the process process. of designing the newsletter the newsletter because i've been so inspired by all these newsletters that i that i subscribe to they're incredible hopefully ours can be as inspiring i know probably not but that's okay (laughs) it's gonna be great different strokes for different folks exactly yeah all right what is your current fixation mine i guess mine's like also a mental like self-care vibey thing. Um, I've been in LA for about a month and a half now after I've lived in New York for the past nine years and I'm from here. Yeah. Um, but I decided that, I ha- well, one, I had a bunch of like family slash holiday things going on in November and December. And I was like, it doesn't make a lot of sense to be going back and forth this much. Um, I'm like a big believer in like being grounded and focused and like I knew that that would just distract me and I'd probably get nothing done. But so I decided to like do this crazy idea. I was like, okay, go spend like November, December, January in LA, like flip the switch, like try something different. Um, I also was just feeling really exhausted by New York after a while. Um, But that being said, I feel like I'm like relearning my city all over again, which is also like allowing me kind of to relearn a lot of things myself or maybe like give me the time and space to be able to do so so it's like I'm really interested in it's not even like a theory or an idea but like I feel like self-care is directed for people that like want to find that like initial level of taking care of themselves whether it's like working out or like taking the time to read a book or taking the time to spend with your family and not being like so rigid in your routine but then there's like a level after that that if you feel like good in yourself like you can kind of return to this like self-improvement part of your life where it's like what have you like wanted to learn for a really long time that you've like put on the back burner? So it's like, I'm learning to cook. Like I'm reading again. I'm working out again. I'm doing all these things that like make me happier things that I've like wanted to do for a really long time. And I feel really excited about it just because I took like a leap in terms of like carving the space to do so because I would have never imagined myself like coming back here and spending this much time here. Um, But yeah, just this like idea of like, always wanting to be learning and not like thinking that like my childhood was reserved for like all those like first time experiences. Like I want to go take an acting class. Like I want to like learn how to cook things that like I love eating in restaurants. Um, I'm just, I want to be open to like new experiences and not like fall into this routine of my life. Um, I love that. Yeah. So like, it's just, it's it's just driven by curiosity and discovery. I think, I mean, Scout and I are, are, we, are always trying to be polymathic and learn things and just um, absorb. That is like a big part about obviously this podcast too is that's why we have current fixations because we're always so obsessed with something new and some some new enhancement in our life. And it's really, it's so empowering too. Yeah, it's fun. I haven't done... I like haven't taken like a new class like since I was in college. Yeah, and like why can learn? Ago, yeah, so why can like, learning have to be reserved for for, for schooling and education? Yeah. I was yeah, actually I think thinking. I, go oh, no, you go. I was just saying that like after like co- college was a blur, getting out of college and like finding your footing is a blur. And I think during that time I was focused on school and um, obviously taking care of myself. But like now I'm in this point where like the dust is settling a little bit, and I'm like, oh, 
I love what I'm doing. I feel settled in my life. Like pick up something new, try something different. So it's been really a fun time of like self-discovery and just finding new avenues of creativity and things that I enjoy. I've actually been thinking about enrolling in the city college in like one class that's on Thursday nights or something, a night class, just to get back into something because I used to take a lot of literature classes and I loved, I've learned so much more in books when I was in a class setting and I was never a big school person, but I do love learning. So I've always, I've been wanting to do this. So maybe this is my kick to sign up for a community college class for next semester just yeah. to just yeah. take it class you don't have to take it and for whatever and it comes right. out of a place of intrinsic motivation so there isn't this pressure I feel mm. like in school there's always this external pressure oh, totally that totally. you my, end up hating what you're learning whereas yeah. this is like I am taking the initiative to my, start this the person my co-founder um Joe Holder we started the nonprofit together we always talk about this idea that like school is wasted on the years where it like totally. doesn't really matter to us like I would do anything to go back to school right now and I would probably be much more um, intentional with the courses that I would pick and what I would take and probably be 10 times more dedicated and interested in actually learning it and digesting it instead of just needing trying to get through the sake of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good thing to retire to, too. I always think about it when I retire because I actually didn't graduate college. And I always think about once I'm retired and I'm good and whatever, I'll go back and get my master's or my PhD (laughs) in something just for fun, because it doesn't matter what I'm going to do with it later on. But it's just I mean, what else? But you're coming out of a play. It's coming from a place of like, this is something you just want to do do. to nurture yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and further yourself. I love that. Guys, look at us. This is a great beginning to a podcast. Wow, all of our fixations. I'm feeling really good. I mean, I obviously have like material and TV fixations too. (laughs) We talk about those plenty. No, perfect. Okay, so let's get into you. I'm so excited to chat about everything. So, first of all, you've had already such major success, whether it's in editorial wise with brand partnerships. Kind of talk us through how you exited college and was able to gain all of these networks and opportunities. Yeah, it actually happened while I was in college. Um, I think if you're someone that wants to have a career in a metropolitan social setting, it was really important for me to go to school in, in New York. I feel like the most important part of my entire college career was the fact that I was able to go to class at night and work a job at Teen Vogue all day for like my first two years of school and really just like cultivate my network um, and meet incredible people that like inspired my creativity in a really different way and definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone. Um, So by the time I was out of college, one, I had an amazing network of people that I had been working with because I had worked at Teen Vogue and I'd worked at Hermes and Moda Operandi and a couple other places while I was in school. But it was also such a creative place to go to school as well, just because so many of the kids that I was in classes with or in clubs with um, were also interested in the same things I was and were all going out and adventuring in New York and um, kind of figure out figuring out like their own jobs and places as well. So that was really cool. Um, that was a great experience just as like a launching pad. Um, I definitely felt like I had a leg up because I had so many friends that were had graduated college and then moved to New York. And it was like their first day ever in New York City. And I had already been there for four years and kind of felt like I had my foot in the door. Um, So that was just like a little pro tip if you have the opportunity to go to school in a city where you know you want your career to be. Mm -hmm. I recommend doing that because it's definitely not as big of like a shock once you graduate, once you graduate. Um, But I had started my own website when I was in college just for fun, honestly. I was a newbie in New York, didn't really know that much and kind of felt like that was um, definitely, like definitely resonated among my friends. And I just wanted to create a platform where people could talk about like cool travel tips they were like experiencing, new restaurants in the neighborhood, new brands they were loving. Um, And that was just me like flexing my editorial mind for a little bit. Um, So that was like the college iteration of me just kind of trying to get a jump start. Um, But by the time I had graduated college, that blog, if you want to call it, had kind of taken off and allowed me to venture a little bit more into the fashion world and get some partnerships and um, get that going a little bit. So that was like the first, like I like to call that like version one of my life in this space. Um, And then I grew up a little bit and there was like a, there was version two, um, which involved me writing for Forbes and contributing to them and Um, expanding my editorial mind a little bit and then launching my podcast, which was this past April and it was called Friend of a Friend. Um, 
And it's been an incredible experience to just kind of hone in on what it is that I really love. I think that you have to do a lot of things that you don't really love to figure out what it is that you do love. Mm. And that was like the version one of my life was like figuring it all out and working with, um, you know, different brands and different people and just like getting my foot in the door to, um, just expand my mind and see what it was that I really, really loved. But now I feel like I'm in this awesome, awesome position and all that work kind of paid off because I'm super excited about what I'm doing now. And, um, it's been a great journey. That's amazing. I want to love that yeah. when, when like the dust settles a little bit. Yes. I am now feeling that. And so am I, I think yeah. we're both going through that same transformation together. And it is so insane. I mean, it's Those, hard. It's it so makes hard. me. It makes hard. me not want to go back to my early twenties. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, I, I no, would I, never. And you know, like I definitely put myself in the position to be like judged on a public forum for sure. But I think what a lot of people, you know, don't take into account, especially when they're looking at a person like me, is like that I'm going through a journey and a process as well. Mm-hmm. And I did have a hard time with like the judgment of like having a website and having a public Instagram that was really hard for me in my early 20s, especially not knowing what it was that I exactly wanted to do yet. Mm-hmm. That like inability for the world to like put me in a box and quantify me as what I, what, what like I, like what did it, was it, I'm sorry, everybody. No, just <laughs> what was it <laughs> that fine. I was doing exactly? Totally. Wait, um, I, I want to talk about it a little bit more because something, I mean, this is going to sound, I, I, I want this to not sound really conceited, but it is a feeling that I felt yesterday that I have not felt before in that Mads and I started this podcast and we're just now seeing, I mean, in the last like three months, we're seeing a really big surgence of followers and women DMing us and telling us that they feel like we're, they're, we're her, their family and they follow our lives and stuff like that. And I had this moment of like, Oh my God. There's a lot of pressure. Or not pressure, but like people are watching me and it's public. And I, when when we sit here, the three of us, we don't think there's someone, you know, we're just talking. And so how do you deal with that in the initial, like, wait, what did I just sign myself up for? And how public can you really go? I think, I don't think I really like knew what it was in the beginning. And also I don't really there are people that have to deal with that on a way larger scale that like I never really think twice about it because like I don't really deserve to think that way um in all honesty like I just the there are women and talent in the world that like deal with like such horrible pressures from the internet and that's really terrible to see and like sure maybe I've gotten like a mean dm once or twice but I think that I'm really grateful to have created a community that's very positive. I haven't really had negative backlash or um, knock on wood or like mean comments or anything like that. Um, And I'm very grateful to that. And kind of like you, I've had followers that DM me and have said, you know, I followed you from the beginning and that always means a lot to me. And I do think that um, fostering that community and like staying in touch with that community and keeping like an open line of communication is really important because at the end of the day, like we're all human. Like, yeah. like, sure, we're communicating through a, like a robot, a machine. But like, I'm no better than the person DMing me and saying, "Hey, I really loved this episode of your podcast." Like, I've done that a million times. I've DM people and said, "Hey, like this episode was great," or like, "Hey, I admire you a lot." And I think that people have to really remember the human aspect of what it is that goes on on Instagram or what it is that goes on with having a public forum in some sense. Um, And that's always kept me really like grounded and not feeling the pressure is knowing that like everyone talking is a human with like emotions and lives. And I just want to get to like know everybody and like create a community that feels really honest and authentic and is there for the right reasons, not to like make me feel shitty about something um, and to support me and like watch me grow as a 25 year old woman. Like, I'm not a finished product. What you see on Instagram is not who I am for my whole life. Mm. I'm not perfect. And I hope that, like, everyone's there along for the ride. I love, I love that. that. I'm not a finished product. That's no, right. no, I'm going to steal like, that. I'm going to steal that. that. For so long where it's, like, there – I feel like there's this, like, energy on Instagram where people always expect to see this, like, wonderful finished product. Mm-hmm. And I don't want, like – it's, it's hard. I think when you're someone young growing a following on Instagram, it's like people always expect you to be perfect. And it's like, I'm not going to be finished now when I'm 30, when I'm 50, when I'm Never. 60. Like I always want to be evolving. And 
I hope that the people watching want to like evolve and grow with me yeah. and respect that as well. That's, a, that's so, such a good way to look at the whole entire mm-hmm. process because I think that so many people get caught up in the fact that these people that you see on Instagram or here over the internet are just figures of public status or, you know, you, you're invested a certain amount of time in their life, but we're always really you know, in touch with our community. So it's nice to hear that you have that same approach and that you respect the person on the other side just as much as you respect, you know, other people that you admire. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about, cause I think you've spoken a little bit about your relationship to the word influencer and how you define it. I, I think people tend and I think this is just a generalization that they tend to either mock it or infantilize it or maybe diminish it as a career, an, an actual career opportunity or trajectory that someone can 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 make money from. What is your and the way I see it is like it is an incredibly large landscape. An influencer quote is not one thing, and it's also you work with incredible brands, these high value brands, and these are partnerships that you fostered and that you've you've worked hard to establish and. I just kind of want to know how you label yourself or how you think of the word. Yeah. Well, to begin with, the people that came up with the word influencers were not influencers. So I just stand by the fact that like, I'm not going to let someone that hasn't really walked in my shoes tell me what box I should live in. Totally. I also am like the biggest advocate for not putting yourself in a box. Like if you want to be a million things and not have to like live under this umbrella of the influencer, like that's okay. Um, I think that it, in my opinion, if it makes you happy to be called an influencer and like, that's what you feel you are and you have pride in that all the power to you. Um, I think it's really a shame that there's a business that's worth a couple billion dollars that's being shamed upon. I think that's a shame. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you don't see other businesses in the world having that much shame. Um, and especially like we're in a market that's primarily women. And I think a lot of people are like really quick to judge when it comes to being called an influencer. Like there are literally thousands of women around the world who have started businesses based on marketing themselves, some of them might not even have marketing background and they've figured it out and built these incredible businesses and have changed lives lives and inspired people. And that's something that I think that people really need to take into account when they're talking about the influencer business. Like you can't, sure, it's a capitalist community. Um, There's obviously a lot of money driven, but it's, there's also a lot of like good positive feedback and inspiration that's come from it and I always encourage people to think about that I think if you are being of good influence call me an influencer all you want yeah I love it I think it's a really it's like I was at a wedding once and someone was like what do they even do all day and I was like let me tell you because we've interviewed so many of them it's a full business but I also with social media like we're at a point and I say this so often like we're at a point in time where like no other point in history have we been able to talk to this many people around the world and be this connected and see cultures and religions and traditions from around the world. And I think as like me, I'll speak for myself when I say that like, I don't care if you have 30 followers. I don't care if you have a hundred million followers. Um, you can influence me just by having a perspective mm-hmm. and by like showing me that. So I think that, um, I think we can safely say that like if influencer is the word you want to use, go for it. And if you're going to be that, be of good influence and have a perspective and like show the world what it is. Yeah. And I think that's something that you've actually done very well and why I've I've loved following you and, and seeing your influence because it's not simply visuals and it's not simply fashion. It's you have these very developed and prolific opinions and observations you. and you're, you're linking to books, you're linking to articles that you're linking to podcasts and, and recommending these more, you know, just mas- yeah, more substantive and massaging my brain more than I right. feel like, um, others have. And so I, I think that's really important that you can be an influencer of the mind. Like you can, you totally. can influence uh, other ways than just a, a photo and a pretty totally. outfit. And, and I love that. To, not to like shame. No, of course, but um, it's nice. I, you know, there are like some people that 
as me, especially like I love fashion. Of course, yeah. Like fashion influencers. Um, that also like massages my brain. Doesn't mm-hmm. help my bank account. But, yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, it's like something that I also enjoy. But yeah, it's been really. I feel really blessed to be in a time where I'm watching an entire new industry boom mm. um, and also give the opportunity to millions around the world to share their thoughts and opinions um, and just create like a, a larger community. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk a little bit about your editorial trajectory and how you started writing for all of these, you know, things. And I've always wanted to be a writer. And so I always love to know how kind of contributing writing works if you're not necessarily a staff writer and kind of how you organize that and schedule that. Do you do the pitching? Do they give you assignments? What does that look like for someone who maybe would love to write for someone like Forbes in their future? Yeah. I mean, I think for, for me, Forbes has always been um, an amazing family to be a part of. Um, they're very much in the belief of it is what you make it. Um, if there are months where I'm heavy handed with like my podcast and I'm slammed and don't have that much time, that's totally okay. Um, and some some months they'll pitch me, some months I'll pitch them. Um, it's I think it's really important as a contributing writer to be able to identify relationships like that and know that you're not just um, another like set of hands to type. Um, I always feel very collaborative with them and it never feels like I'm just like shoving out stories to hit a quota. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what specifically you write for them for Forbes? Yeah. So it's been a mix. I actually shifted lately. Um, I know this sounds really selfish. I love shopping stories. Like I don't need to read the big paragraphs when it comes to like, sure, certain fashion stories when it comes to like historical like context, that's really important. But when it comes to shopping stories, like just like give it to me, give me the roundups. (laughs) I also am someone that like is very trend driven. I love looking on like all the different websites and just kind of analyzing what people are paying attention to. I have this really weird fixation with like always being interested in what, or always um, looking into what people are paying attention to, whether that's like movies or people or fashion. So I'm now like the roundup person for Forbes. Like I'm mm-hmm. doing all the fashion roundups, beauty roundups. Um, and that's been a really obviously fun, again, not great for my bank account project <laughs> just to dive into um, and work my brain in a different way. Earlier in the year, I was doing long form stories for them. So every January I do a um, emerging designers to watch story, um, which is like, honestly so rewarding because a lot of those designers end up blowing up um I wrote about Christopher John Rogers at the beginning of the year who was on my podcast in August um won the CFDA award and actually made Forbes 30 under 30 today so that's that's always like super rewarding to watch these brands just um have such amazing careers um, and get to say I was right. <laughs> <I'm totally laughs> but that is really you fun. Your, you have your um, hand on the pulse, that's for sure. <laughs> you would love that, Mads, doing oh, all those no. roundups of trends. Oh, yeah. yeah I could do it with really fashion, fun. but I don't yeah. think I could do it with like beauty or something like that. I mean, like it, t- it takes it. a lot more than, it takes a lot of time for me because I'm very meticulous. Yes. And I have to go through every website and I'm like, is this good? I don't know. It's right. a very like emotional process for me. And um, I love how you categorize yourself as a cultural archaeologist. That is like... I love that label. That's incredible. It's been, it's like, that's like, I love getting texts from people who like I haven't spoken to in years and like haven't responded to my last text. And it's always really awkward. And they're like, (laughs) Hey, I'm in New York for the first time. Where should I eat? Or like, Hey, I'm in this city for the first time. Where should I eat? And I'm like, Hey, I'm good. How are you? Go here. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Because they trust you and they see you as this, um, yeah, a trusted source for that feels really good. Um, and I always love to be the facilitator of a good time. Uh, Oh, love that. You and your words. You're spewing out these like phrases. (laughs) I just start taking notes. Your words. I know. I love it. Okay. So let's talk about, um, the podcast. So you kind of evolved, um, the blog or the, you know, uh, friend of a friend and then kind of took it into more of the podcast sphere. Yeah. Pro tip. If you have a business and you're like figuring out what, or or like, you're just like figuring out what you want the next iteration of it to be. Right. Um, and I'm sure this like goes without saying, but like identify the thing that's doing the best, whether you love it or not, and like run with it. Um, totally. I'm grateful. I love interviewing. That is, is like my biggest passion. I went to NYU for journalism. Um, if I could be like Gail King and on TV interviewing people all day, every day, I would for the rest <laughs> of my life. Um, I love storytelling and 
I genuinely think good storytelling can, um, this is cliche, but like I think it can change the world. It can change minds. It can change cultures. It can change co- and spark new conversations. Um, so that's just been, it's been an, a really, really like rewarding project for me to like go from the blog to this and um, see it bloom. It's such a fun medium too, because I feel like oh, with so words, fun. so I've, I've written my whole life and I feel like writing, even though you do get to interview somebody and it is a creative process and it is collaborative at the end of the day, it's really your creation and it's sort of you sitting alone and sculpting something that you want to tell in a narrative form. But when it comes to a podcast, it's so much more intimate and like totally. human connection and there's no figuring out a fancy way to say something. There's no editing. There's no going back and redoing that paragraph. It's just very more in a more raw sense. To my demise. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, me too. Um, But yes, yeah, there is a manufactured feeling to an online written editorial. Um, But it's been really great. I was really, because the world is relatively new to me, I've never been in audio. I've never been in like live broadcasting. I took it slow for 2019. I was like, get one out a month, see how it goes. Um, Brought some amazing friends on, some people I've never met before that we were just Instagram friends and got to meet in real life. Um, have told some amazing stories and 2020 is just going to get bigger. So I'm super psyched. It's so fun. I love, that's the best thing about, about having a podcast is being able to meet people that you wouldn't have otherwise had the opportunity to meet or, um, it's just such a great networking opportunity and a way to just sit down with, we always say with our girl crushes like you, Olivia, um, and just pick their brains. Like it's so, it's so, it's such a great medium. Well, there was a thing, a whole thing on the skinny confidential about how you shouldn't, um, cold email someone and say, Hey, can I take you out to coffee and pick your brain? Because it's not, it's, it's a trans, it's not, um, it's like a one-sided, it's a one-sided thing and it's yeah. insensitive to someone who spent 20 years building their business to then just sit with you in coffee and tell you everything for no reason. But with the podcast, there's value because you're sharing that person's story and you're reaching new audiences for right. them. So in a sense, people are, you know, find comfort in that fact that it's more of a two-way street than yeah. just, you know, DMing someone and we saying, always say, I love if you. you. Want, yeah. If you want to net, if you want to network, start a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Totally. I also like, I'm always the person that's inter- interested in the interviewer. Um, mm-hmm. Even when it comes to like big, like even if like it's a Vogue article, I'm always like, who wrote this? Like, mm. who are they? And I, I think that there's something really important to like that two-sided conversation. So like even in this setting, like I love the beginning when we were talking about um, our fixations. Like mm. it's great to hear from you guys too. Like it's not just this like one-sided mm. thing. Yeah. And um, that's what yeah, that's what we like to do with this podcast. It's not necessarily like questioning. It. Like we write questions, but it's yeah, it's not course. as rigid. It's a conversation. It's, a, it's yeah. not an interview. Exactly. Yeah. It's more of a discussion. We like to say it's like a sleepover. But also there stories. was this one article in Nylon <clears throat> maybe 2009 and he wrote a Whoa. profile. What? This is you're, how much this article Yeah, I was going to say you're me. like indexing 2009 because I was a freshman in college yeah. and it he it was a man who wrote it. I I have his name written down somewhere and he wrote an article about Mary Kate Olsen that just spoke to me so much that I bought the online version of the magazine so I could print out the article and paste it into my journal. Oh, God. And it like made me fall in love with Mary-Kate Olsen so much, but it also made me fall in love with this writer so much and the way yeah, that he was I, able to capture this romantic, alluring, seductive, mysterious, emotional air about her. And it was such a like, who do I love right now? Do I love the writer or do I love Mary-Kate Olsen? Yeah, I think people often forget that the facilitator of the conversation is most often the person that you relate to more than the actual subject. 100%. The way that they're driving and moving the conversation um, if it's something that attracts you, it's probably because you are attracted to the to wait the, the way they're maneuvering the conversation mm. and the questions they're asking. Of course, like if it's a Rihanna interview, like we're all fond yeah. of Rihanna, <laughs> but like you know, I think it's think about that. Actually, like that's a great example. Like that interview that went her Vogue interview, where yeah. the interviewer was like, you know, I barely prepared questions, yeah. but I walked in and wild. here we are. Like all the power to her, but like, that sounds like my worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. But I have a friend who's in in the journalism world too. And was like, dude, that's fucking awesome to be able to just walk in there and off the cuff, get an interview of this caliber, like cool. So it's like, it's who you relate to. It's what you see yourself in. Um, and that's why I love the podcast world. It's a two sided coin. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Totally. Like, um, I'm trying to think in like podcasting, like how I built this guy Roz. Like I, 
I love just listening to Guy Raz sometimes and just the way he's able to bring the stories out of the person and and again, yeah, maneuver the conversation. It's brilliant. He also does a phenomenal job of storytelling himself. Like the entire beginning of of his voice. Yeah, but not even that. Like the entire first two minutes of the podcast of him telling their story um, and the way that he tells it immediately draws you in and... But also like brings them down to earth, but also puts them on this pedestal at the same time. Uh, it's um, so true. It's the biggest mind fuck ever. It's but, like, so true. It's, you know, it's one of the only podcasts that I like am sucked into. Oh yeah. Religious, religious. I know. I was just listening to uh, Tyler Haney on it. Um, she just had a baby. I know. That's Tyler. Outdoor Voices. Um, the CEO. Got it. I um, still need to purchase something from Outdoor Voices. Uh, yeah. Well, Olivia used to be, or you're still a brand ambassador. I used to be. Can I'm you not, get us I'm a also code? still like the biggest... <laughs> OV fan forever in the OV family. Um, I just haven't spent money on workout clothes in like five years. Well, this is the one you're supposed to spend money on. It is. If I do do buy, I'm definitely buying from. And it's not even that expensive. Like the what you can get a whole kit, like a whole outfit for a hundred bucks. It's also a really fun. I think they do a great job um, in their like retail experience. Like their Melrose Place one. Um, just walking in there feels really fun. Um, it feels like a jungle gym. Like it feels like yeah, you're going out to recess. Yeah, there's not a lot of places that have that kind of vibe. And so it's always fun. Yeah. Do you want oh, your roundup? But yeah, I, have I was going to say. But I have a question oh, first. Yeah. Sorry. So when I look at your Instagram, I feel like there's a very, I mean, yes, there's this cultural point of view, but there's also this very aesthetic point of view. Yeah, I'm and working on it. No, <laughs> I, you don't need to work on it. You're good, girl. But I want to talk about the word aesthetic because I it's such an interesting word to me. And it's so interesting how people can... It's a word that's being portrayed by imagery, essentially, and by interior design and by, you know, outfits and makeup and all that stuff. So it's a very visual word. What does that word mean to you? And how would you describe your aesthetic at this point in your life? Because, of course, you evolve and change. Yeah, I have to say that it is something that, like, has been an active job for me over the past year or so. There was a really long period of time where I was like, oh, be like Eva Chen, post like when, in the moment, like who cares of like what it looks like on your grid or who cares if it's like out of order. I'm just not that person. I tried so hard to be that person. Don't try and be someone you're not. I tried so hard. Um, I am just, I think this goes back to like my obsession and like love for storytelling. Like it needs to be consistent. There needs to be a story that I'm telling about me and my life, my relationship with my podcast, like how I'm running my business, um, how I'm supporting the other businesses in my life. Um, and I think that that is, that's really important to me, but I don't want it to dominate my life. So it's kind of like finding this balance in between. Um, I like just made the movement of the balance. Because some days I wake up and I'm really excited to post something. And some days I'm excited to like, um, to engage with the community and talk and um, post a lot and be active. And some days I just want to be in my apartment in my pajamas with my hair in a bun and working from my desktop. And like, did I say desktop? You said desktop. (laughs) (laughs) We're such millennials. My laptop. (laughs) Um, And like not talk to anybody. And I think that's really a a lot harder than it seems when you're someone in my position. Um, But that balance is really important to me, which I think speaks to the fact that I am a little bit more curated. I'm not someone that's just going to post every five seconds and off the cuff. I always want to say something with the utmost intent. And whether it's like something fun, like I posted last week being like, bye, going to a table of pies, see you all later. (laughs) Or like doing a roundup of like things that have inspired me that week. Like I don't want to just post to post. Um, that doesn't feel authentic to me. Mm-hmm. So I am very intentional with it. And I'm sorry if that intent comes off as a little too curated sometimes. But again, no, we love no, it. I'm, We're here for it. I'm in the process. Yeah. I'm, I'm in uh, evolution. I'm in the evolution. Yeah. Guys. No, I mean, I think that's what keeps it intriguing, right? It's, yeah. it's more of the, um, What's the word? It's also this like really fun game. Quality over quantity. I'm like, what the fuck? It's also this really fun game of like people don't know where I live. So like one day it's like a New York (laughs) geotag. One day it's an LA one and people are like, (laughs) like, what? Are you living on an airplane? Um, Okay. So since you are the designated roundup girl, we are going to, and we are um, heavily influenced by you. So we're going to. This is like a selfish (laughs) Yeah. We were like, hey, we need to ask her these things. I was like, I need to know. So what is your. I think I'm going to do poorly on this. No, no, no. No, you're not. You're going to do great. Someone asked me on a podcast. 
podcast last week what my favorite restaurant was, and I that's happened to me. Said John and Vinny's. <laughs> oh my god! Well, that's where we're going after no, this. No, but that's like we have a heart on, out. We have a heart come out. On. Like, I know. I mean, it's really good. It's everyone's favorite restaurant, but like, what's the real? Be unique. Yeah. Yeah. You're fine. Okay, so we're fine. What's your favorite or most? I don't know if I don't like the word favorite. Like, what gives you the most feeling and the most kind of creative expression? Hotel. Oh my god. Uh-huh. There was one that you stayed at that was in obviously in New York, but it was like in Brooklyn. Oh wow. Um yeah. That yeah. <laughs> I love how I know. Let me yeah, tell you no, about no, your no. life. Um it's actually it was actually the one hotel, Brooklyn Bridge. Yes. Um I wanted to give you guys a little bit more of like an international hotel vibe, but okay. you know, that hotel actually definitely like brings up a lot in my mind for a couple of reasons. One, it's aesthetically stunning. Um, but two, it's a completely sustainable hotel. Oh, um, wow. And I actually learned a lot about it because Mr. and Mrs. Smith, the hotel uh, company, mm. is a partner of mine. And I did an event with them there like two years ago. And I learned that the entire hotel actually had to be reconstructed. Or like it wasn't built yet, but like the plans had to be reconstructed because of um, Hurricane Sandy that came in um, oh. and the water level rose. So they needed to put the hotel higher up so they could like protect the entire thing. Um, and like also like help rehabilitate the entire area around the hotel. Um, but yeah, like I stay there for my birthday. I stayed there for my birthday last year with my boyfriend. It was the most phenomenal thing ever. Um, the views of the Brooklyn bridge like are absolutely stunning. Um, Dumbo is an incredible place to just wander around in and get lost in. Um, and like the fact that you can walk into the room and there's like filtered water that like comes out of the walls and, um, every single little detail of the hotel is about being sustainable um, is a really special, special experience. Um, other hotels that are like super magical that I love. Have you been to the proper hotel here? In I have it. My friend was staying there last week and I should have you gone and seen it. But I heard to. it's really, really yes, an amazing, brilliant. beautiful place. Kelly Wurstler designed is the whole thing. The mo- I went to her I house mean, in Malibu two weeks ago for this event for Colt Gaia and I oh, literally was like, my God, what is this heaven? On yes. Earth? We yes. should marry. I mean, we're already kind of coupled up but how cool would it be if you married an interior designer uh, like a really famous one <laughs> your house would be fucking Am I amazing supposed to marry kelly <laughs> i mean what maybe mean? i'm just saying it could be an option that's okay. could be an option um other hotels option. that i love um la mamunia in marrakesh is amazing um the oh. royal monceau in paris is sublime um yeah, more traveler. Hopefully more. Oh, oh my God. I cannot believe that I just missed my favorite hotel in the entire world. I've been thinking about my, I've been thinking about New York too much. I miss it. There is a hotel on the Amalfi Coast that is like not annoying Amalfi, um, but it's called Casa Angelina. And I had like, a, I went on a sister moon with my sister Chanel and we stayed there for four days and it is literally a slice of heaven wait did you just say sister moon why don't yeah, you I don't take know me why. on a sister yeah, no, moon i love that I, Scott, I, we're honestly, going on a sister where are moon we going? we're going here to albuquerque okay. coast i can't tell you why we went on the sister moon um, there's no I you don't need tell a reason you why it was called a sister moon because it's incredible um, i think we just needed a label for this excuse of why we decided one random summer to travel for two weeks in italy and europe and spend probably more money than we should have and just had this like incredible trip together but damn it was like the mo- it was a really important trip for the two of us so no regrets on that love it yeah take a sister moon we're, we're taking a 100 okay book but- right now i'm reading gloria steinem's new book um the truth like, will oh. set you free but it will make you shit i can't believe i forgot the name i'm sorry <laughs> but it'll guys. make you shit no, no oh sorry wow <laughs> wow guys <laughs> I hope you will enjoy my my new title for it. Um, I just meant like I forgot the yeah, yeah, yeah. the truth will set you free, free. It will first make you angry or something like that. Right. Um, but first it will piss you off. I'm sorry. There we Everyone, go. It's been a long day. It's called the truth will set you free, but first it will piss you off. Um, I also have a dear friend. Her name's Scarlett Curtis, and she wrote an incredible book. Um, well, she put together slash wrote an incredible book called It's Okay to Not Feel Blue. Um, and it's a collection of short stories from some incredible people all around the world about their, um, experiences with mental health. And she actually wrote one two years ago, um, called Feminist Don't Wear Pink and Other Lies. Oh, yeah. I've heard of this I one. I contributed to that one. Amazing. Um, oh, we got to get that book. Yes. And that was all about, um, 
women and their experience with feminism that kind of took it out of the bra burning, angry women, women, um, stereotype. Mm. Um, but she's also incredible. And those two books have just been on my mind and ones that I've been buried in in the past couple of days. I have to get those Love too. That. Okay. Last, last one. Yes. Which one artist. do you want to do? Oh, yes. Uh, artist. I have to shout out my friend, Austin Wiener. She is an incredible artist and I also just love one the storytelling that she is doing on Instagram um particularly like the way she's kind of telling the story of like her relationship with herself like it was Thanksgiving and she did an amazing post about like she's like I have the most amazing relationship with myself and it was like her dancing in her um studio and it was just like really happy and joyful and like made me fucking love her so much also her art is unbelievable and um yeah i I love her um music artist or just like regular artist you can interpret it as you as you like for the regular artist but yeah we can do music her name's austin wiener she's at austin a-u-s-t-y-n on instagram um and she's the best amazing yeah oh this was so lovely. delightful so lovely you're grounding me i feel like i am i feel like i i feel inspired because i feel as if in the last few years i've let go of a certain side of me that has been was more wrapped up in i don't know if culture is the right word and i feel like i've left that a little bit and i feel really inspired to tap back back in you know like writing yeah. and stuff like that to tap back yeah. into that side of me it's a, you know some people i think a lot of people are like the first to shame on like the pop culture world and like mm. what's cool and hip and blah 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 but like i feel really grateful to be in an industry where like i am constantly being forced to think and mm. um listen to other people's opinions whether that's like through an editorial or like the way that someone directs a movie or the way that someone sings a song so it's like that's just been the coolest thing ever yeah, and i, I like it. encourage people to just be paying attention and look around and see what's what's out there oh we love you and we love we your love mind you. yeah we love you and your mind and your instagram and your feed. insane outfit that is when she walked in i was like are you kidding me I thought I, I looked cute today, but I guess yeah, I don't know. No, I don't no, dress no. like this normally. I'm usually like in PJs. Thank you guys for having me on. Yes, of course. Tell everyone where they can follow you and the podcast and everything. Yeah, so the podcast is called Friend of a Friend. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and you can follow me on Instagram at Liv Perez with two Vs. I love it. And you can follow us at OKSIS Podcast. Bye, sisters. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life tune in every thursday to i'm not your shrink wherever you listen to podcasts while i'm not your shrink i am still human and i'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together